If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-US wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. Either way, use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to resume our series of episodes dealing with specific players. And I decided to do uh, a fun one before jumping back into some of the more puzzling uh, players on the roster and figured we would talk about Trevor Story, the shortstop of the Colorado Rockies, one of the most exciting players in Major League Baseball. And like with... Scott Oberg, and to a slightly lesser extent, maybe uh, Carlos Estevez, when we talked about those two players. Uh, The story of Trevor's story, oh, we're going to walk into those a lot more here. I'm going to have to get that brain back on about trying to avoid uh, those particular issues with the name. Uh, But his narrative, his journey, uh, is not one that for a long time throughout his minor league career or you know if you look at his draft pedigree suggested that he was going to be the star caliber player we all know now that he is and so you know I mentioned the draft again now he was taken 
in technically the first round in 2011, uh, but he he was the 45th overall pick that year. So you know, certainly not seen as a surefire can't miss guy, but as a high schooler uh, to still be taken that high, uh, he had the big body, he had the athleticism. Uh, there was obviously some projection there, but the Rockies also knew early on that it was going to be a long road for Trevor Storian, and it absolutely was one. Uh, he was he played out the, the rest of that year, actually, as one of the final members of the Casper Ghosts. Remember when the or just before the existence of the Grand Junction Rockies, the lowest level, at least stateside, in the Colorado organization was the Casper Goats, and uh, their last season in existence, Trevor Story made his professional debut, made 210 plate appearances in 47 games, hit 268, 364, slugged 436, six home runs in 47 games. He stole 13 bases, but there was no, you know, he, he didn't show up and light the world on fire, blow away uh, a rookie level by any means. In fact, the next year, while well, he came back and he repeated rookie level, he clearly had uh, much better numbers, but still for a rookie level, like this is not what David Dahl did at the Pioneer League or what Ryan McMahon or what Rymal Tapia did at the Pioneer League. Uh, th there are a lot of guys who have come through this level and put up better than what Story did the next season, which was 122 games. 548 plate appearances and a very respectable 277, 367, 505 slugging line. So, okay, you're slugging over 500 now. You're, you're going to need that from him. The on-base is nice to see. That's a 138 WRC plus compared to the 104 the year before. Uh, again, WRC plus is, you guys know how I feel about that stat in general, but it's also pretty wonky at the minor league level. But it, it, when you're comparing one guy to himself from year to year, it can still be a helpful barometer. Again, let's just keep it in, in proper context here. Uh, one of the things that started to emerge that uh, while the walk rate was decent, 12, then 10%, that strikeout rate at 19 and 22, while that's not super high, again, we're talking about a kid who's at the lowest level of the minors. And so that swing and miss was there from the beginning. And while these stats are pretty darn good especially for a shortstop he hit 18 home runs that year stole 15 bases you're seeing it start to emerge for sure but you've also got to have some belief here that he's just not a better athlete than all of these other kids at rookie level who's maybe getting by on his natural talent a bit much especially because the next season happened and uh, whenever I it feels like whenever I talk to uh, Zach Wilson, uh, some of the guys in the Rockies front office. I've even talked to Trevor about it a couple of times. Uh, we talk about this year, 2013, and I feel like every prospect should probably be shown this season because after those first couple of years and with you know the, the draft pedigree not being super high, but it's still being first rounder, people were starting to say, okay, yeah, story could be a thing for the Rockies. I think he may have even appeared on a couple of, you know, back, very back end of the top 100 prospects in baseball 
around 2012. Because as a shortstop who could hit that much, and he was, you know, the athleticism was there, the defense was starting to really look good, he was getting some buzz. And in 2013, he was moved up to high A Modesto. He played in 130 games. He made 554 plate appearances, and he was awful. He was downright terrible. Well, And he wasn't that much younger than league average. And so there was a real sense of, I, I think, panic for everyone involved here. Trevor hit 233, 305, 394. He slugged 394 at high A ball as someone with this amount of promise. That was 12 home runs, so six fewer than the year before. He did steal a few more bases at 23. But that's a WRC plus of 83. That's a 40, 60 point drop off in WRC plus in the move up. He also struck out 33% of the time that year and his walk rate dipped to a career low 8.1. In every conceivable way, Trevor's story was just bad in 2013 and he had to rework a lot of things about his swing I mean, I, I should say, I, I think the defense was still decent. And you, you've you all seen the athlete now, so you, you got to imagine coaches and developers. And at the time, Jeff Breidich was still in charge of uh, development. Uh, and so, you know, they're going, what do we do with this guy? What even happens here? And they decided to have him repeat the high A level, and he came out the next year, but they worked with him in the offseason. Like I said, they, they rebuilt the swing. Uh, they, they, they got him on some regimens. That There was a lot that went into rebuilding Trevor's story in the minors. And then in 2014, he came out and played 50 games again at the Modesto level. 218 plate appearances. He hit 332, 436. 582 career bests across the board 164 wrc best uh, rc plus career best uh, once one word at a time there uh, only five home runs in 50 games but still a decent number and 20 stolen bases he was jumped up to double a and uh, while you know there's a, a bit of a an awakening there he only managed to hit 200 on base 302 and slug 380 after the the call up in 56 games he hit nine home runs he stole a couple of bags uh, but he you know he struck out 34% of the time too so they, they he finally started to get some success they shoved him into a new challenge and it got him again you would have had plenty of reason to believe and i don't think that story ever made it back onto top prospect lists after this his numbers were never super shiny or amazing in the minors if i recall correctly i had had him sort of hovering around my top five rockies prospects in this system that had um doll and gray and after this year they would have added freeland and mcmahon tapia you know the names you've seen the guys and they're almost all in the big leagues now. And I moved story to the back of that list. I think I had him ranked ninth 
uh, after these last couple of years. I, and, and again, I should mention, you know, the strikeout numbers were high. They were always high, but the defense continued to be good, and that's one of the reasons why I continue to think, well, he's at least going to be a thing. And I started making comps like a lot of people did around this time to Clint Barmas, whose defense was fantastic at shortstop. You know, the the nine home runs uh, that Trevor's story did hit, despite the fact that he was only hitting 200 in double A, you know, you go, ah, well, when he gets a hold of it, he gets a hold of it. We all know that remains true to this day. The question was always going to be, how much contact can he make? 2015, he begins the year. Another repeat, double A. Again, this is not, you know, John Gray, who played four games in Grand Junction, then was moved up a level, played four games at low A. The next year he starts in double A, does half the season there, then to triple A, and then is in the big leagues two and a half years after he was drafted, right? The, the Trevor Story had to start repeat a couple of times. So it, it is kind of funny now, and he's got the attitude of somebody who, you know, he's got that blue-collar, hard-worker attitude, and a lot of it was probably grown in this. You know, he doesn't act like he's a superstar, even though he is one, and part of it is probably that on multiple occasions he was humbled in the minor leagues. It fell off all the lists, so he starts again at double A in 2015, plays 69 games there, 300 plate appearances, and as you'd expect, much better got his legs underneath him figured out the level a little bit but like in the early days not blow you away numbers here's trevor story at his absolute best he ever was at the double a level 281 373 523 now the on base and the slugging you like to see that he's walking 11.7 percent of the time he hits 10 home runs in 69 games, he also steals 15 bases. You like a slugging percentage of 523. So the batting average of 281, it did jump up from just 200 the year before. Um, but, you know, again, the, it depends on how you look at it. Some people, and a lot of people at the time were going, if you're only hitting 281 in double A, at the big leagues, you're going to be hitting a buck 90. And it doesn't quite work exactly that way, right? But it's rare that. Hey, we put them up against better competition. That number's going to come up. Typically, they go down, as it did again. Every time he gets promoted, this happens. And this is a natural thing to have happen, right? But he goes up to AAA, 61 games, 275 plate appearances, pretty much maintains his numbers, but the slugging comes down just a little bit. A 277 batting average. The walk rate really fell off the map, though, down to 5.8%. So he only on based 324, which killed his WRC plus, uh, and he slugged 504. But it, so he kept the slugging over 500, hit the 10 home runs. So that was a 20 home run season for Story, the first in his career. Think about this now: Trevor Story has played. Oh boy, Drew's got to count. Well, three and a half seasons of minor league baseball. And they don't play quite as many games, but still in, in the same number of games, wasn't getting to the 20 home run mark. First time he does is right here, but he's not on some torrid home run pace. Not Certainly not some pace that makes you think, boy, if this guy debuts in a couple of years, he's going to set all these home run records. You know, he wasn't Dan Vogelbach in the minors, if you, you all know who that is. Um, he probably doesn't even have the 
power stats that guys like Kyle Parker, Willene Rosario had in the minors. He doesn't have the power stats that Ryan McMahon or David Dahl had in the minors. But, you know, that's a pretty solid finish to his 2015 season. And because the Rockies had, you all may remember this, traded their franchise shortstop that year in 2015, it was a good it was a good time for Trevor Story to look pretty solid finishing out his year. Again, a 115 WRC plus at AAA. He, he's not blowing the doors down. He's not demanding anything at this time. There's a reason that he didn't make a September appearance at the end of 2015. It's because he had barely been in AAA. He still was pretty wet behind the ears, and he had by no means dominated the minors. He had a couple of seasons. That 2014 campaign was pretty damned impressive. But for the most part, you know, he looked like a pretty solid all-around player who, if he continues to develop, might get to that next level. Right? And then we all showed up at spring training 2016. Now, before I get into that, of course, I've got to remind you, thinking about spring training coming up, you gotta, you got to get your Breckenridge Brew situation set. I'm going to be down there for the entire T. I was going to say the entire month, but it's sort of in between two months, so I'm going with the entire T of spring training. Uh, I will be sipping on as much Breckenridge Brew as I can find down there in the Phoenix area. I'm sure they've got it around. I'll make sure to find where it is because we're Wherever you are, if you're drinking Breckenridge Brew, you're making it a lot better for yourself. And we're going to be drinking a lot down at Blake Street Tavern, January 21st. Manny Rondawa is going to be signing copies of his book. Uh, I'm going to be doing podcasts, and we're all going to be waiting to see whether or not Larry Walker is inducted into the Hall of Fame. And this, his 10th and final year of eligibility if he is not elected into the Hall of Fame, I'm going to cry. If he is elected into the Hall of Fame, I'm going to cry. So be there, watch a grown man cry into his Breckenridge brew, and let's all either cheer and celebrate or weep together. Uh, it should be a pretty fun event. I'm very much looking forward to seeing you all out there. So back to spring training 2016, and Trevor Story knows what's in front of him. Interestingly enough, uh, if you'll all, you'll all recall this name, I do believe Christian Adamas had the slight edge coming into spring training. He had big league experience. He had shown he could defend, not make too many mistakes at the big league level. There was also a consideration of service time, which is funny to look back on it now that we are where we are. But as... Teams have done, probably most famously just before this, the Chicago Cubs had done it with Chris Bryant. You can leave a guy off your roster for the first month of what would be his major league career and oftentimes end up earning, if I may use that term a bit loosely, uh, an extra year of control at the end of that player's contract. It was... I think largely assumed that the Colorado Rockies were going to do that with Trevor Story in 2016. And in hindsight, uh, maybe they should have. There was a lot of pressure on them to somehow 
rebound from the Troy Tulowitzki era and move on and try to find a way to compete. But I don't think too many people, myself included, thought that the Rockies were set up to compete in 2016. Interestingly enough, they were a lot more competitive for sort of the first middle of the season than I thought they were going to be. They actually ended up right around where I thought they would. They just got there in a super weird way. But the Rockies elected not to play the contract games with Trevor Story and the service time and all of that. He was so good in spring training of 2016 that they would have been absolutely lambasted for it, despite the fact that it probably would have been the right move. Uh, he was still just a little bit young. You like a, you totally could have justified this. He, he had had only 61 games under his belt at AAA. By the way, Brendan Rodgers in just 37 games at AAA has better numbers at that level than Trevor Story. Brendan Rodgers has multiple seasons on his minor league level you know, career, so no one was absolutely certain that this was about to happen. I promise you that. I was as high on Trevor Story as a lot of people after seeing the way he ended. You know, I think I, I had him right there around seventh on my prospect rankings. A lot of people had dropped him off their top ten. He was just striking out way too much. And then it just happened. And I'm not sure anyone would be able to fully explain why, other than, in my view, so much of this comes down, now that I've gotten to know him, it's extraordinary work ethic. What happened here was Trevor Story has a singular drive to make himself the absolute best baseball player he can be. And while, you know, the certain different things work for different guys, and there are guys in the clubhouse who... Maybe you want to talk to him a little bit about movies or what they did over the weekend. I love talking video games with John Gray and Brian Shaw. Uh, Scott Oberg's an interesting guy to talk to about literally anything. And then there are some guys who we, we only talk about baseball. We, that's all we do. That's we're, They're the real, real baseball rats. And I don't think that one of those things is better than the other. But I do think that when you're the type of baseball rat that Trevor Story is, where you don't beat yourself down over it, you figure out ways to get better, you use your failures as fuel to get better, and that's what I see him do. And we've seen him now show it at the major league level over and over again. So I don't need to tell you, of course, but you won't mind hearing it either. Trevor Story debuted in 2016, and he played 97 games before getting hurt. We'll get to that at the end. 415 plate appearances, 27 home runs. He only stole eight bases because he was walking 8.4% of the time. He wasn't hitting any singles. He did strike out 31.3% of the time. So you got this sort of extreme introduction to Trevor Story. And then his baseline numbers, with the exception, I think, of the slugging really being up there, looked very similar to what his kind of usual minor league stuff was 272 341 that's kind of what we've seen before right now the 567 a little bit higher than his uh, career averages in the minor leagues only one year that year we talked about in high a modesto on the repeat where he slugged 582 had he done better than that but him hitting those first two home runs in arizona against zach granke 
and it just took off. I think I, I honestly also believe a lot of it really was timing and confidence. There can be a huge difference when you come into the league and you, you happen to look. I don't know if he guessed right. I don't know if he knew what was coming. I don't know if he reacted to the pitch. It does not matter at this point. He took one of the best pitchers in baseball deep. And he had arrived. That was it. And it doesn't work that way for a lot of guys. You don't necessarily get that moment. If you have the normal course of baseball, which means you strike out a few times, you have a more Brendan Rodgers-style debut, that doesn't mean that's going to be your entire career, but it can be more difficult to find that first bit of confidence. We've seen it with guys like Ryan Maltapia. We've seen it with guys like Ryan McMahon. But here, all of a sudden, the most confident version of Trevor's story is his major league self. And he puts up a 3.1 FWAR rookie campaign in 97 games. Goodness. Goodness gracious. If not for the thumb injury, uh, diving to make a, an, a fantastic defensive play, uh, then no, he probably still would have come in second that year in rookie of the year voting to Corey Seager because, you know, Dodgers. But it, we, we would have all been yelling and screaming about it. As it was... Seeger did have a phenomenal year, and because Story got shut down, it, it was tough to say. That also very unfortunately coincided with the collapse of a surprisingly decent, at least hanging around and, and at times just above 500, Colorado Rockies baseball team. We, we talked about that in the Estevez episode. That was the year that he had been kind of forced into the closer role. Walt Weiss was just going with the rookies. It was all he had. Again, this was not a team that was supposed to compete but they were hanging around because, oh, it turns out Nolan Arenado is really, really good. Charlie Blackman's really, really good. Then you threw Trevor Story into the mix. It was like, whoa, what in the world? Uh, and they were just kind of hanging around. Mark Reynolds was having a really good year that season, but Trevor Story got hurt. Carlos Estevez imploded, and Mark Reynolds got hurt, and that was pretty much the end of the 2016 season. They, they finished uh, in an absolutely miserable heap. But we all learned what we had here in Trevor Story. And he took a year of non-competitive baseball that could have been 90% about how the Rockies were lost without Troy Tulowitzki. And like, you can write a lot of things about the 2016 Colorado Rockies, but one of them is not, oh, they were just screwed because they didn't have Tulo. Uh, the, the, their most exciting player that year easily was Trevor Story. 2017 comes back, and again, I this is one of those reminders, man. Baseball gets you. This game will humble you. And this game humbled Trevor Story in his second year in the bigs. And I'm going to read you the, the career. I didn't bring up the splits here, and I don't want to get that deep into it and just I know I spit a lot of money, money numbers. I don't spit money at you. I, I'd love to spit a lot of money at you guys, but it's it's numbers is what I have here. Um, but he played in 145 games, 555 plate appearances. So he stayed healthy, you know, managed to not have the, the 97 game problem. Walked 8.8% of the time, which was just a little bit up from the year before, but not much. And the big one, you'll all recall, 34.4% strikeout rate. And that came down. He spent most of the year 
in the high 30s. Trevor's story the first half of 2017 at the plate was a strikeout artist. In fact, that year, Trevor's story led the bigs in strikeouts with 191. And there were calls to bench him early in the season. I even remember entertaining some of those calls a little bit more than I probably should have, but it was that bad. He couldn't hit the ball with the bat. He couldn't get on base. The swings were ugly. He was striking out on three pitches. He was batting like seventh or eighth in the lineup. He finished the season 239, 308, 457. That's a WRC plus of 82. That Those are Ian Desmond numbers. 24 home runs, seven stolen base, like literally 34%. That's worse than what Ian Desmond put up last year for the Rockies. And that's who Trevor Story was his sophomore year in Major League Baseball. Now, the defense took a big step forward, and he plays shortstop. So there's that. And that always needs to be remembered. And in fact, I think that was the biggest part of it for me that season. The other thing that I remember emerging that was really interesting was he started to crush lefties in the second half. And that's what brought his numbers up because he, he basically ended up with that like 240 batting average says 239. Uh, he could have easily ended at 210. That's what he was going into the All-Star break. He was terrible. Have I driven that point home? At the plate, anyway. He was still the athlete. And, you know, when he got a hold of it, I do remember he had one. I think he had a grand slam against Johnny Cueto that more or less ended any thought that that Giants team was going to do something. Remember, they'd brought in Evan Longoria and Andrew McCutcheon and all this other stuff, and those Giants were going to be a thing and these Rockies were going to be a joke. Well, Trevor's story, I think, in one swing – since that moment, the Giants have just been on an absolute downward spiral, and the Rockies went up, 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 up until, obviously, 2019. But that year, despite how bad Trevor's story was, the Rockies still managed to get to that wild card game in Phoenix, and he did help them with a strong finish. He ended up crushing lefties really well, and Bud Black was doing this really funny thing that I never felt like he got enough credit for, um, but he would basically like he'd bat Trevor Story eighth against righties because he needed his defense at shortstop. He had to go out there and help this. That was the really, really young version of the pitching staff. That was like Kyle Freeland figuring stuff out and John Gray. That that was the 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 finish when John Gray was incredible. But Marquez and Freeland were just kind of hanging around and trying to figure it out. Um and they didn't have story. What they had was Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman doing absolutely insane things. Uh, but just imagine what they could have done in 2017 if not for this step back. But it's just a reminder that it happens. The league adjusts to guys. Um, if you went with the recency bias opinion right after that season, the general consensus would have been, we don't know about this story guy. We're not sure that, that, that he is going to be a net positive for the Rockies moving forward and, and relying on him. Maybe they should look for someone to replace him, certainly offensively, or they need to go get a bunch of big bats because this guy's not hitting, so they've only got two, and you know the pitching is okay. All these things you could have reached a conclusion about Trevor's story, even reasonably so, after his 
first two years in the bigs, as exciting as that first year was, you still were saying, well, for a rookie, and if he cuts down on the strikeouts and, you know, puts the bat on the ball a little bit, he needs to improve on defense. And only he did some of those things, but not all of them put you in this weird spot. And some of them, he got worse, especially that strikeout rate. I mean, I had people messaging me every day in 2017. Trevor Story is killing this offense. They got to get rid of this guy. And you can understand it. But now it's a lot easier to understand why the Rockies stuck with him. So, in the immortal words of everyone who's been in business, what have you done for me lately? I will let you know what Trevor Story has done for you lately after I give a quick shout-out to our friends here at Mile High Green Cross. You know they've got Cannabis Cup award-winning products. You head over to their website. They're giving the DNVR family $5 off your purchase of $25 or more. So just mention this ad. Mile High Green Cross will offer you a variety of CBD products, from edibles to concentrates to cartridges. They provide themselves on their customer service, and it shows. Every single time you pop in, you will receive one-on-one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates. Not to mention they have everyday low prices on in-house products, such as $99 pre-pack ounces and V3 hash oil bulk deals. That's five cartridges for $100. Mile High Green Cross offers out-the-door pricing. What they advertise is what you pay. And if you don't have any cash, it's not a problem because they now accept Hyper. What's even better is the amount of time you spend in the dispensary. On average, it's just nine minutes from the time you walk in to the time you walk out. So head downtown today and check out Mile High Green Cross. They are conveniently located on 9th and Broadway, and they also offer parking in the back. Remember, mention this ad and receive $5 off your purchase of $25 or more. All right, Trev, what you got in 2018? I'll tell you what he's got. He arrives. This is it. This is the guy. This appears to be who Trevor Story is now. He is Scott Rowland, <laughs> basically. 157 games. So come a long way since the, the 97. Played almost every single ball game. And in fact, the only reason he missed any, he could have played every single game that year, except I think there was one scheduled scratch because he just needed a day off, as you will all recall. Certainly, I recall, because I made the trip out there to L.A., the three-game set at the end of the year, and Trevor Story only took one at bat before getting hurt, missed it. If he doesn't get hurt in that series, maybe they win a game, maybe they win the division, but we are getting way ahead of ourselves. In his 157 games, he made a career-high 656 plate appearances and was his career best in every capacity. He did only tie his career-high slugging percentage at 567 but the 348 on base the 7.2 percent walk rate so that actually was down a little bit from the year before that's interesting uh but 291 batting average much much more bad on ball and the thing that everyone wanted to see the thing that you kept looking at and you go you know if he just does this one thing he's going to become a terror a terror and he did he cut the strikeout rate from 34.4 percent to 25.6 percent boom he hit 37 home runs and told, stole 27 bases. He played gold glove caliber defense at shortstop, though he was not nominated for one in 2018. He was the man. In fact, I still think 
if he did now, you know, 128 WRC plus because Coors Field and it doesn't count, but whatever, you know, 291, 37 home runs, 27 stolen bases, a solid 348 on base, and doing it all as a shortstop. I still think that if he doesn't get hurt in that Dodger series and they win the one game that was close, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I mean, he shifts the dynamics of the whole thing. I think they win the division. Would he have won MVP? No, of course not. But I would have been saying that he should have won MVP. By the end of the year, I thought, well, kind of, you know, he missed some key time, and you can maybe argue for Nolan. And, and there were a lot of other, you know, really compelling candidates that year. It was a pretty tough year for MVP. But in my mind, going into that Dodgers series, Trevor's story had been the most important player on the Colorado Rockies. And actually, I'll say since the beginning of 2018, Trevor's story has been the most important player, the most indispensable player on the Colorado Rockies. The player whom, if they do not have him on the field in any given game, it hurts them the most. He does everything the speed the defense now he's not he's striking out at a reasonable rate but again you can still see room for improvement you see areas where he can get better in the offensive profile and and actually really his 2018 and 2019 were very very similar to each other uh in in 2019 the batting average came up just slightly to 294 the on-base came up a little bit to 363. The slugging came down just a tad bit to 554. So his WRC Plus was comically low at 121. That's just silly. I don't have time to get into why that bothers me. Uh, but the 35 home runs, 23 stolen bases. Now you're looking at a guy you can pencil in for 30-plus home runs, 20-plus stolen bases. He's probably going to now he's hit over 290 a couple of years in a row. And he's on basing over 350. You know, he's, he's, he's hanging out in that area. If you're a, a FWAR person, it's a 5.1 and then a 5.8. That's Those are really, really good seasons. Any other team in baseball would take that out of their shortstop if you could get it every single year. And so you have now one of the best all-around players in the game, one of the most valuable assets in all of Major League Baseball, especially if you take into account that he made $5 million last year and is projected to make about $11.5 million in 2020 for his talents, that's at best half of what he is going to be worth that he's just now going to start making, again, presuming these numbers continue. And the exciting thing is you still see more in the profile he could bring the strikeouts down just a little bit and came back up this last season to 26.5 the walk rate is still down around 8.8 i think he can walk 10 percent of the time and and i think he started to at the end of the season this was a sort of adjustment that i'm not sure is caught up in the numbers anywhere but it's something i talked to both trevor and nolan arnato about at the end of the season they're going we're swinging at way too many two strike pitches out of the zone we're trying to make stuff happen. We're trying to do the big thing. And sometimes we know we can hit that ball. But Trev, when you can steal 20, he could steal 30, 35 bases. He could steal 40 bases if he's on base enough. But he's got to take that walk. 
I really liked when they were experimenting with stuff at the end of the season and Buddy wanted to see what he had at the top of the lineup, let him off a couple of times, force him to take those walks. You are a weapon on the bases, my man. His isolated slugging is 260 pretty much every year. Like, this is this is the guy he is. And I think he's going to figure that out. I think he's, as we've talked about, the calling card of Trevor Story's career has not been total consistency. So I'm not going to say, when I say this is who he is, I'm not saying, oh, the numbers are all going to be, it's going to be 290, 360, 550 with 35 home runs and 25 stolen bases next year. I don't know. I think it, there's always the chance there could be, you know, more pushback. He's becoming more and more of a star in the game. His number is circled by that other pitcher. You better believe it. Um, but I think there's more in there. I think for a young man who turned 27 years old in November, who's basically now at his physical peak, he debuted a, a little bit later because of having to repeat a couple times and, you, you know, when he sets these records, he's the fastest to 100 home runs as a shortstop. Not the youngest, the fastest. But there's a lot of good baseball left to be revealed in the game of Trevor's story. If he starts to figure out how to lay off of that 3-2 slider away and accept that for him, in certain situations especially, a walk really is just as good as a single. It's not the case. There's a guy on base. There's a guy at second, especially. But certain times, you gotta, you, you have to take that, and you have to let these other weapons take over for you. And if he really starts to do that, cuts down just a little bit more on the strikeouts, bumps up on those walks just a little bit more, I think he's a guy who can hit over 300, hit 40 bombs, steal 30 bases, and win an MVP, and win a gold glove at shortstop. I mean, are you, like, those are, uh, that's on the table. Nothing that I just said individually didn't, if you walked up to somebody, like, you think Trevor Story can hit 40 home runs? Well, he hit 37 <laughs> just, just a couple of years ago. You know, so, yeah, if, you know, can he steal 30 bases? Well, he stole 27. And then 23, of course, yeah. So 40 home runs and 30 stolen bases is absolutely on the table for Trevor Story. And doing it while hitting over 300 and doing that while winning a gold glove at shortstop. And that would be one of the best all-around individual seasons we've seen on a baseball diamond in a very long time. They should maybe try to figure out a way to extend this guy. <laughs> um. It is a rare combination of skills. You hear the term five-tool player a lot, but I'm throwing six tools at Trevor Story because the intangibles are also off the charts. He's a good dude with no baggage or drama, and he works his ass off, and everyone loves him. And he went through this in his career already, he has been humbled in the minors and at the majors, led the league in strikeouts. That's on his resume forever. There was one year where nobody in Major League Baseball struck out more than you. There was that year in high A where every prospector 
I don't think they call them prospectors. Those are people digging for gold. Every prospect evaluator left you for dead. He wasn't as hyped as Brendan Rodgers or David Dahl or John Gray or Kyle Freeland even, really. You know, hometown kid. But now he's one of the most indispensable players on a Major League Baseball diamond. And I do think that the Rockies are trying to lock him up. And if they do, they need to be applauded for it. For those of you wondering, he's got one more year left of arbitration after this. So he's under control through 2021. And he could become an unrestricted free agent at age 29 in 2022. The Rockies will have a lot more money to spend at that time than they do now. So the possibility that he re-signs here, even if he hits free agency, I think is pretty high. Of course, a lot of that's going to depend on the competitiveness of the club and how they build around him and presumably Arenado and Blackman in the future. But I'll conclude by saying this. Let us all remember in our projections and discussions and anticipations of the 2020 campaign that the Rockies have in Trevor Story somebody capable of being league MVP. And they have, at least as of now, right next to him, another player capable of being league MVP. And that's not a terrible place to start. Thank you all for listening into this episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast. Hopefully you're following us on all the social media, subscribing to the podcast and to the site at thednvr.com. And you check out dnvrlocker.com for all of our super cool merch. Hopefully you all will remain absolutely awesome. You know that I will remain absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time. I will see you at the ballpark. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more.